To what's this Dao all about? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn what's this Dao all about. Everybody, welcome back to What's This Dow All About? My name is Todd Perry, and with me is the great Dr. Carl Totten. Hi there. Good to be back. And on today's show, we're going to talk about the Tao of Desire. We're going to talk about Chapter 29 of the Tao Te Ching. And uh, first, before I get into that, uh, to, just to give people a little idea of where we record the show, uh, we're in North Hollywood, California, which is basically kind of, a, I would call it the heart of Screenland. Pretty much, you know, all the Burbank Studios, Disney, they're they're all around here, yes. Yeah, and uh, Universal Studios is right yes. up the street. Yes. And, of course, this movie was, this, this uh, the Taoist Institute was in the background of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, <laughs> that came out. And uh, That's true, we were. When I get off the freeway. To, Thanks to Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. When I uh, get off the freeway to get here, just to give people an idea of how much this kind of film industry dominates the area, there's a gentleman that stands on the uh, freeway exit. You know, normally sometimes in uh, in most in in towns, unfortunately, you see people with a will work for food sign or something. Mm -hmm. There's a guy literally like will act for food. (laughs) There's a guy who's I've seen this like five times coming up here. There's a guy dressed like a cowboy who sits and basically is offering his (laughs) services just from the road to act. Which is uh, that's a, great. It's almost like if you're going to do a, a parody of Los Angeles in this area, yeah, uh, you would include <laughs> <Well>. that. <laughs> that's perfect. Like the old, what was the movie L.A. Story with Steve Martin? <laughs> the guy's throwing away his Christmas tree uh, in July, <laughs> walking across the street with the. Um, so anyway, and before we get to that, so uh, f- for those of you who haven't yet. Uh, you can uh, hit up the show on our website and uh, give us a $15 donation to help uh, uh, spread the Tao across the world. And we'll give you Finding Talents, chapters 42 and 53, an episode we've never released. And for $35, you get three approximately 35-minute uh, long uh, meditations by Dr. Carl Totten. And those are really, really good for uh, dealing with stress, for becoming more creative, and ultimately, for learning how to really tune into your internal sense of self, your deep spiritual self. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy with those. Very good. So let's uh, let's begin. So I, I would just uh, this, this topic came to me the other day when I was thinking about all you know the people I know or all the people that are in my orbit, my friends, family, anybody I know closely. And I started to realize that I think everybody has some kind of issue with desire that they struggle with. Mm. Like, uh, you know, some people it's gambling and that's their thing. Or some people it's sex. Some people it's material 
possessions. They, 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 they buy things compulsively. They compulsively shop. Uh, other people, it's substances and alcoholism. Um, other people, it's power. They're addicted to wielding power over others. And uh, I was just wondering, and I think, you know, the Tao, in Taoism, deals with desire in a lot of different uh, chapters, especially, you know, Lao Tzu was talking about desire. And he hadn't really hit on this. So I, I want to talk a little bit about how um, ask Dr. Totten to give his advice and wisdom on how we can all kind of control our desires and kind of get past them or mitigate them or turn them into something healthy or just to be more cognizant of them and know how to control them. Like in the same way that meditation helps one kind of control their thoughts and um, get away from certain thoughts, uh, I, I think there are certain Taoist practices that help people uh, watch their desires sit and, uh, and go. And so I think we'll start with um, chapter 12 of the Tao Te Ching addresses this. And it's the five colors blind the eye. The fine five tones deafen the ear. The five flavors dull the taste. Racing and hunting madden the mind. Precious things led one astray. And this is the, uh, this is the kicker right here. Therefore, the sage is guided by what he feels and not by what he sees. He lets go of that and chooses this. So this is the, 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 I guess, the most important uh, Taoist chapter on desire. So, uh, Dr. Totten, um, what, what are your thoughts on how we can overcome our desires? Well, um, probably first we need to ask ourselves, um, you know, what, what, are, what is a desire? And is it something that we need to overcome? Or is it something else? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how can we position ourselves vis-a-vis ourselves? And, of course, the Tao. Good questions. Hopefully there are good answers somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the subject of desires, I think, is a common theme in many uh, places, spiritual, religious uh, literature. Um, Human physical and material desires are often seen as things to be avoided whenever possible so as to have a more so-called spiritual lifestyle. Yes. And, of course, in much uh, Christian literature, uh, certain things are forbidden, particularly in more fundamentalist sects, as we all know. Uh And, indeed, uh, many in the uh, biblical uh, traditions think that we are essentially born into what's called original sin, Mm -hmm. which stems from attachment to desires, right? Yes. Eve, right? Garden, Desi- of, yeah. Garden of Eden, all that stuff. She a woman who tried to learn something, right? <laughs> yeah, to, and look what happened. Had to squash <laughs> that down real quick. The old serpent got the best of her. Yep. <laughs> and so, uh, also I think in Buddhist uh, thought too, you know, one is often advised to temper one's uh, desires and uh, attachments to things uh, that are impermanent so as to avoid suffering, yeah. as the Buddha came to teach. Because those things that we are attached to, typically, particularly if they're material things, will inevitably disappear, yeah. leading to suffering if we're attached to it. Right, or chasing them leads to chasing suffering. Them. You know, yeah, getting, they, getting that next drink or uh, putting myself into debt to buy that, uh, those nice mm-hmm, boots or mm-hmm. whatever, right? 
That's chasing something is definitely attachment. <laughs> and the very life of the Buddha was an example as he, in his search for awareness, he was actually raised as a prince. He was in a very wealthy environment, but eventually he found that lacking because even with all of his uh, privilege and uh, uh, wealth and status, he still couldn't avoid feeling hurt disappointment and loss you know including after you know witnessing death yeah and so he went so he felt okay uh, being attached to all of these um, material things is not bringing me uh, peace so there so then he went to the other extreme mm -hmm. extreme privation you know yeah. where he denied himself everything walked around in rags and you know, uh, fasting uh, all the time and uh, wearing nothing except the clothes on his back, which are basically rags. But finally, he, after years of that, the same thing. He was still unsatisfied. He had not found serenity, mm -hmm. peace inside. And so eventually he came to feel that a more um, adequate way was what he called the middle path, okay. something more balanced. And while still avoiding attachment to material or more ego-based objects or attitudes that would leave one suffering when they disappeared. And so in this chapter 12 of the Tao Te Ching, uh, Lao Tzu seems to be suggesting that things that attract the senses you know, the eyes, you know, colors, tones, flavors, and attachments to striving for things. He mentioned hunting and racing. <laughs> yeah. Are things, pressure, these are things that we might hold precious, but they can lead us astray. Or, or, or burn us out, or burn out our senses, or, you know. And, and in fact, indeed, this relentless kind of striving often leads us to feeling like there's never enough. And that can, he said, it can madden the mind, right? Basically drive someone crazy. Uh, on the other hand, the wise person, the sage, is guided by their feelings rather than what their eyes covet. But what are these feelings? Is he just talking about human emotions? I think not. <laughs> I think he's really referring more to an intuitive sense, which comes from an inner knowing and an alignment with one's true inner nature, and, and of course, in balanced harmony with that of the great Tao, of nature itself. Then I think it's more likely for a person to pursue aspects which are really more authentically part of their own unique self, as has been discovered through you know, meditation and mindfulness, uh, being able to become more in attunement with nature, with the Tao itself. And therefore, a person, I think, would become, rather than chasing things that the eyes can see or things that are, might please the senses, one becomes content. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good word. One becomes content with oneself being fully present in the present moment because ultimately in the universe, in the present moment, is everything mm. at some level, is everything. All possibilities are there. And so 
if we're looking at one thing and becoming addicted or attached to that, at the same by the same measure, we are excluding an entire universe of other possibilities that are actually there, but we've been blinded by what we're coveting. By that one desire. Yeah, by so that if one like, desire. Yeah, mm-hmm. if, my, if my one thing was, uh, you know, uh, booze, and I was, well, it's kind of close to home, <laughs> yes. Probably is, but if my one thing is booze, then I'm thinking about booze all day, right? You know, in a, in a mm-hmm. way. Okay, good. Well, I get to have a, a drink at dinner, right? Or I get, get to mm-hmm. have one after that, or... Uh, you know, how am I going to get money for booze? Or do I have enough booze in the refrigerator? <laughs> or is that, you know, it's a constant thing when it, it, it dominates one's psyche. Yes. Versus if, if that's not there, there's so many other, what is this, Bob Weir said, approaches to the blank page of life. Mm-hmm. Right? And not mm-hmm. just it being that one thing. It could be a, yes. a variety of things that we... Um, this is a very big universe. There's a lot here. Yeah, <laughs> versus <laughs> one thing. And lots of times, if I guess if one is really focused on that one thing, whether it's food, you know, what am I going to eat next and what am I going to eat and I'm going to have, you know, some buffalo wings or it's usually something unhealthy. Oh my goodness. Or then, or um, gambling or whatever. It's usually those one things we focus on. It's usually kind of a road to destruction, mm-hmm. right? And and it's always been said that, remember, a Taoist knows when they have enough. Yeah. Which is, I think, kind of the antidote to addiction and to being and to being excessively attached, yeah. because if we know when we have enough, and that of course will vary from person to person, situation to situation. Yeah, you know, there's, there's no hard fast rules to follow. You know, n- no, uh, you know, thou shalt not do this or do that. That's not uh, part of the Taoist tradition. But you know, the Taoist symbol is what the yin and the yang yeah. symbol, and those symbols. Many people in the West think of those as being an opposition. You know, night is the opposite of day. Mm-hmm. You, know, uh, 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 you know, inside is the opposite of outside. You know, black opposite of white. Whereas the Taoist approach really is that, you know, these are aspects of reality which are in balanced harmony with each other. And when they are in balanced harmony... You can actually see in the yin-yang symbol, you know, in the dark side, there's actually a spot of the light. And in Mm -hmm. the light side, there's a spot of the dark. And that line down the middle, that kind of S-shaped line, is sometimes referred to as the ridge pole of the universe. Uh, It's like the axis. Right. It's It's the access point. So that moment by moment, we might allow a little more light in or we might allow a little more dark in. We might need to go up a bit, say that kind of musical scale and the tone or a little bit down. But ultimately, we have by having access to the totality of all that is present without being attached to anyone, mm. we become fluid and flexible. Right. And being fluid and flexible is usually a really good way to go through your life. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it does take a, a bit of self-mastery, though, right? Yes, it you know, does. If, I mean, I guess there's a, there's a self-mastery in just in, in the, the thou shalt way of doing things, of just, just not doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just avoiding something uh, it, altogether. But then, and that takes a certain amount of discipline. There's also a discipline of, of, of balance, 
of mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's a fine-tuned discipline as well, of of you know like walking a tightrope versus not getting on the rope at all, right? Right. Um, and and that actually comes down to the capacity for what I call appropriate discernment, mm-hmm. <laughs> because if we really if we authentically know who we are and we are authentically in tune with the great Tao, we have the capacity to discern again moment by moment what's going to work. What's going to allow us to have a sense of self and contentment with who we are, how we're relating to others, how we're making, getting our needs met, and how we are putting our energy out in the world. Yeah. Remember, every human being is an absolute one knockoff, right? Yeah. There's never been anyone else uh, like us. Has there ever been anyone just like you, Todd? Uh, I think not. No. <laughs> You're unique yeah. in all the universe. And your mission, should you decide to accept it, mm-hmm. is to pursue your uniqueness, your own creative genius, if you will, and then find how that fits in with the rest of nature, with the rest of you know, the other 7 billion humans on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going to be your unique contribution? Considering that out of billions in all of human history, you're the only one. Yeah. There's never been anyone like you. No. Nope. And so each one of us, I think, has to enter life. Remember, a Taoist is also curious, right? Yeah. We have a sense of curiosity. And when we're curious, we search things out. Right, mm-hmm. it's like we're like little scientists. We're experimenting, trying things out, basically seeing what fits. Yeah, in terms of our own inner nature, and, be, and being open to the world, and, and being, not not being rigid, being open to confined. all those possibilities. Because if one is attached to one particular thing, by definition, we're excluding a lot of other things. Yeah. You know? Whereas if we have that again, that inner flexibility, we're able to take in. Reality as it presents itself, and as we present ourselves to to reality, and then find that mix, that vital balance that makes life so interesting, alive, and at the same time, very serene, because we feel content. We know that we're being real, and we know that we're having a real impact on the people around us, our family, our friends, you know, the institutions that we interact with. There's a good mix. There's a good balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a sense of vitality. And vitality is, uh, along with silence, in my estimation, is the actual nature of the Tao. It's vital, and yet it's still. That's, where, again, what that yin-yang symbol uh, partially represents. There's a big one right be- behind your head. And as you speak, yes. I always, you may <laughs> see my eyes always. When you say yin-yang, I... <laughs> like, a, like a dog. Like oh, a, yeah. Oh, yeah. That one up, up there. Yeah. yeah. There's one behind your head, too. Oh. There's a lot of yins and yangs. Yeah, yeah. They're there. all over. Yeah. And and look where our, our feet are. There's one at our feet. Yeah. We're, 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 we're sitting in the balanced harmony of yin and yang here in the Dallas Institute. You need just a big yin on one wall, a big yang. Because, <laughs> you know, so we're not always in balance. You know? And, and you know, the, these symbols, remember, it's been said that a picture is worth a thousand words and a symbol might be worth a thousand pictures mm. because of how much it represents. Yes. We could talk about yin and yang literally forever <laughs> uh, because it contains all possibilities within the entire universe, uh, past, present, future, and other dimensions uh, unknown. And so 
a, a Taoist, I, the Taoist path involves knowing how to settle into oneself, which does require some stillness, mm. because as most people know, there's a lot of noise going on in our heads and in our world. It's been called, what, the, the monkey brain, yeah. right, by many. And so we have this little monkey on our back constantly you know, nudging us and talking to us. And then if you listen to media, social media, mm. or the news, God only knows how much noise there is out there. Oh, it's a, it's a gestalt. <laughs> and, and so trying to find that still point that allows us full access to the totality of our authentic possibilities as human beings is, I think, a worthy pursuit of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And uh, in many respects, that really is what this Tao is about, is attempting to do that in a real way. And these Taoist precepts and ideas and notions, I think, serve as guidelines to keep us on the path. Yeah. You know, the Tao means the path, the way. And it's literally a way to remind us of what really is going to matter in the long run for each of us, which is inner peace on one hand, that stillness, and yet that vitality, that energy to create on the other. Yeah. If we can find that fine balance, or again, that rich pole of the universe, we will likely have a very contented life. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, Dr. Totten, let's say my thing is food. And I get the desire, you know, it's coming towards dinner time. And I've got two options. I can go have myself some deep fried buffalo wings with ranch sauce <laughs> and the whole bit, which I, that's my kryptonite right or i can have a chicken salad right now this desire has come into my body and i know it's not right i know intellectually it's not right for me on that day or at that time to eat a big plate of chicken wings because it's just not <laughs> just not gonna be you can, again balance you can have those chicken wings sometimes or have mm -hmm. a small order right but i i want to go whole hog what when this desire hits how do I manage that internally? How would a Taoist manage that internally to get me over to the side of the chicken salad? <laughs> well, obviously, what what you're feeling is almost like an addictive energy, right? Yeah, you're you're stuck to it, right? You're attached to it. I want that that food that I, you know, remember he talked about the taste? Right? Yes. Yeah. And buffalo wings again, yeah, that burns your taste out because you're eating something that's really hot and fiery and burns your stomach. Uh, yeah. You can't the, appreciate anything after you eat buffalo the, wings every the day. The five you know? flavors dull the taste, he said. Well, you know what the five flavors are? Pardon me? They're lemon so, pepper, buffalo, yeah. mango habanero. <laughs> you know them by heart. I know the mm -hmm. five flavors. So, so what I think a Taoist approach, if one is feeling really um, uh, attached to something, it, particularly if you know it's really not that healthy for you, I think the important thing in the moment is to not impulsively act on the uh, habit, the desire. Mm -hmm. Instead, not ignore it, because you can't ignore it, but the Taoist approach would be to just watch it. Sit, sit with it for a while and look at it. Because I think that a lot of what, pass, what passes for addictions is really pointing to something else that might be missing in our lives. Uh, we know that many people who are addicted to alcohol or drugs, again, if you scratch the surface a little bit, 
there's a lot of emotional things that have been missing maybe for a long time in their life, in their home life, mm -hmm. in their relations with others, in their self-concept, in their self-esteem. They often feel de defeated, deflated. And, or at the same time, there are a lot of internal emotional wounds from abuse mm -hmm. and from neglect mm -hmm. and from other things in life and in childhood. And often what they're trying to do with the addiction, whether it's food or sex or alcohol, or drugs is to try to mute that. Yeah. To try to basically trying to kill that feeling inside of being helpless or being lonely or being afraid or being upset or feeling like they're losing their their sense of internal balance and, and cohesiveness. And rather than feel that, they use the addiction to try to dull the senses mm -hmm. even more. So a, a, a healthier approach might be to just sit with it for a while and to see if this desire is really not masking something deeper that one is trying to escape from. And then once there's that per perception and perspective which comes from mindful knowing, then we can actually make a true decision. Is, do I really want this right now? Yeah. Is this good for me? Is this will this satisfy me, or will meeting those deeper emotional or spiritual needs obviate you know the necessity for pursuing this in the first place? Yeah. So the the Taoist perspective is always one to go deeper, and two at the same time to go higher to rise above it. You know the again the old saying from Hermes of Greece, right? As above, so below; as within, so, so without. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's an alchemic means of living a life that is meaningful and purposeful and not being driven by excessive uh, ego attachments and desires, which ultimately wind up being very unsatisfying. Yeah. As the Buddha said, you know, the, the attachment to things that are in material and impermanent ultimately will only lead to suffering. Yeah, and um, suffering is not a is not something to be pursued <laughs> in my mind, right. in my way of thinking, and, and but but unfortunately, I often say also that misery loves company, mm -hmm. and people who have been emotionally sensitized to misery and suffering in their life, just because it's familiar, they tend to pursue it. They get addicted to the suffering. Yeah, and then and then they try to drag other people into the same pit that they're in, and that's why we 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 tend to broadcast our sufferings to others, because now we feel validated if other people are in the pit suffering with us. Yes, and, yes. You know, so it's a very, I think it's a very important question because it 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 outlines a lot of things about what it is to live a really meaningful life, where one is free. You know, we all we say we have free will, but if you're addicted, attached to something like that, what happened to your free will? It just disappeared. Yeah, you just <laughs> sold it up the river, you know. <laughs> you know, you're just an addict, you know. Yeah. And an addict is not free. Yeah. Not at all. I saw, I read something and I thought it was a pretty neat point, uh, and I, I want to get your thoughts on it. And the, the, the basic thing was desire is tension in the body. 
Because when you get a desire for something, you do there is a there is a tension, right? Yes, there is. Until it's then a leave. It's kind of like when I used to I used to be a habitual smoker, and that's the greatest trap of all time because you you first start off you do it a couple times, and then suddenly now your body starts craving the nicotine. Mm-hmm. So you just created this addiction that wasn't. Mm-hmm. There in the first place, and the only way to alleviate it is by doing the addictive activity, <laughs> and then it just goes on. This cycle goes on until you break it, and then you say, "Oh well, I want to be relaxed, so I have a cigarette." Well, a cigarette never relaxed anybody in their life. Actually, it makes your your your, your heart race. It makes all mm-hmm. these things. But when you're addicted to it, it relaxes you because it's killing the thing. It's a it's this vicious cycle. Right. It's it's killing that artificial desire. <laughs> yeah, you created the desire and then you extinguish it literally, and then you just keep doing it until you uh, get out of that. There's a, was a great book, it was Alan Carr, the Easy Way to Quit Smoking, mm. and that that got me uh, off the nicotine. But not to mention what it's doing to your lungs, to your blood, to your heart. To your, oh, you know, not, and, to mi- not to mention that. It's a constant <laughs> obsession where it's constantly on your mind. You I know? mean, those are toxic chemicals in your body. Yeah. And see, and it's always surprising to me, you know, as a person who, you know, you know teaches healthy uh, you know, lifestyle and uh, self-care and, you know, martial arts and meditation, yogic type of things. It's always remarkable to me how people cannot feel the toxicity of what they're doing to themselves. Mm-hmm. That To me, that means that they're really out of touch, yeah. out of touch with themselves. And the whole Taoist path is, remember, we're unique. We're here to create. We're here to be, to kind of make a, a splash in the world because of our uniqueness. Yeah. And if we're so disconnected that we can't even feel what's essentially toxic and slowly killing us, that that shows just how out of touch with ourselves we truly are. Yeah, yeah. And so addictions, um, it, it's it's um, it, it's like a mirror. It, it, you know, our Taoist uh, sage Lu Tung Pin said, you know, "We have to turn the light around." In other words, you have to take a look at yourself with a discerning eye and see: Are you living a balanced, uh, sustained, sustainable, full? lifestyle or not yeah and the person who should answer that of course is ourselves right oh but then we have to turn that light around look in the mirror yes we do man in the mirror yes we do and and part of our you know my job as a therapist as a healer is is to do that is to help people do that to create a safe space where people can look at themselves and therefore find themselves yes because if you don't look you won't find that's right. <laughs> that's that's gonna be on Twitter. I gotta put that up. You don't look, you don't find Dr. Carlton. Okay, let's get into real quick uh, chapter twenty nine of the Tao Te Ching. Oh uh, yes. Uh, let's see here. I'll, I'll give it a little read. This is the Gia Fu Fang Gen, Jane English translation. Mm-hmm. You say Gia Fu Fang. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, chapter twenty nine. Do you think you could take over the universe and improve it? I do not believe it can be done. The universe is sacred. You cannot improve it. If you try to change it, you will ruin it. If you try to hold it, you will lose it. So sometimes things are ahead and sometimes they are behind. Sometimes breathing is hard and sometimes it comes easy. Sometimes there is strength and sometimes weakness. Sometimes one is up and sometimes down. Therefore, the sage avoids extremes, excess, and complacency. 
Doesn't that sound familiar to what we were just discussing? Yes. <laughs> Very much so. Hey, Lao Tzu's consistent here, isn't he? Now, before, before I get your take, Dr. Todd, <laughs> I want to ask you the tough question about this. <laughs> Is this about saying, screw it, just, you know, I can't fix the world, I can't change things, just, you know... Just be in the moment and live it out, and you know, is, is it saying, "Hey, don't don't pick up that sign and protest. Don't you can't change the world. You know who you're trying to be, or is it not saying that?" I think he's again advising balance and allowing what is to just be on one hand, but he's also saying that nature, you know, the universe is already complete are perfect because it has all possibilities contained within it. And so therefore trying to either change it on one hand or hold onto it too tightly on the other will likely lead to us being in error somehow. He's saying that at times things will go in our favor, at times they will not, and that this is essentially how the universe operates to find its own internal balance. We have to be able to go with the flow and discern when and what is the most natural thing to do, even if that means at times not doing, which is not the same as doing nothing, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Avoiding extremes and excesses, yes, but also the extreme of complacency, which is doing nothing, as opposed to not doing. You know that concept the Taoists have of Wu Wei, Effortless yeah. action, yes, which is basically doing the right thing at, in the right amount at the right time without effort because it just comes natural. Mm -hmm. But in order to come natural within us, what do we have to do? Turn that light around yeah. and really listen to ourself at a deep level as opposed to being distracted by all those external desires and uh, you know the, the flashy the, the, the bright, flashy lights. Yes. You know, that, of course, the media and our, you know, our kind of merchandising society uh, attempts to do all the time. Yes. Because they want you to buy something. Yes. <laughs> and um, so discernment, again, is the key to knowing what and when and how to align ourselves so as to have actions that turn out to be wise well-balanced, and intentional, you know, so that our life becomes meaningful. Mm -hmm. And human beings, we have a deep desire for our life to be seen as meaningful. And I've said this before that, you know, when people are, you know, in their last hours of life, they frequently feel a sense of, uh, of uh, that they have missed something. And they're usually they are not, you know, so um, uh, embarrassed so much by what they did, but they, they feel a sense of loss in what they did not do. Mm. Uh, they, that they, did, they, weren't, they weren't true to their heart, yeah. you know, to their own path. They, they, let it, they let too many things go by because they were chasing these external things. Yeah. You know, they, they were you know, working 80 hours a week at work. Mm. You know, they weren't taking vacations. They weren't spending quality time with their friends and family. You know, they never wrote that novel that was in their heart. Yeah. You know, they never wrote, painted that great 
piece of art. When I art, paint my masterpiece, as Bob yeah, Dylan said. Exactly, exactly. And so that requires, again, discernment. We have to know who we are, where we're coming, you know, where are you coming from, man? Yeah. <laughs> we need to know that because when we know that, we're content. And, and a person who's able to move from this life with a feeling of contentment is, is a person who is satisfied with who they are, where they've been, and whatever is happening next in that great, vast mystery of the Tao. Yeah. I, you know, I, looking at this, I started to think that it's a passage on humility. You know, who, as, as you always say, who are you, where are you coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, to come in and try to disrupt the apple cart or mm-hmm. to try to make it all about you mm-hmm. or to try to run things mm-hmm. or, you know, or to try to, you know, when uh, people have hubris and they want to sit and they, they want to rule the world, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's, it's saying, hey, 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 calm down. Or it reminds me of the, the song uh, Revolution by the Beatles. Where at first outset, you, you listen to the song, and people think it's about inciting a revolution. Mm-hmm. But really, the song, when you unpack the words, you know, Lenin's kind of saying, you say you want a revolution. Well, you know, we all, we all want to change the world, but uh, the institutions aren't going to save you. Oh, you got to save yourself. It's mm-hmm. a, it, the life is an inside job, is what yes. this song is actually yes. about. It is an inside job. It's, it's a turn on it. So this is saying, you know, uh, you're going to try to interfere with everything be a little humble, figure out how all this works. Don't just walk in the room and tell everybody what to do. And at the same time, we have to do what? We have to do the right thing. Yeah. And the, yeah. the right thing means that it's a win-win f- for, for everyone. It's not just me winning or you know, some, someone else you know, make, making all, all the benefit from something. You know, remember, we're all in this together. And because a Taoist is curious and wants to know about other people and where they're coming from and what their needs are and how we can interact with them in such a way that the, the situation for everyone on this pale blue dot, yes. <laughs> Carl Sagan said, everyone, life improves. Um, that requires humility on one hand and kind of a, a guided sense of purpose purpose purposeness in life purposefulness on the other again that balance between that silence that quietness and that vitality and energy and having the discernment to know which is more appropriate every moment that is kind of the ongoing mission of the the, the person of the Tao. Mm-hmm.